You're listening to Sunnyside Up, a B2B podcast that brings together real-world insights to help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we bring you the best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Sunnyside Up podcast. I'm your host, Jason Goldenberg. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with David Weiss on MedPick. David's currently the RVP of sales for Seismic, and he does what he does to help sellers reach their full potential and hit their goals. In his spare time, he mentors sellers and early stage sales leaders. He even runs a podcast himself called Psych and Sales that's all about helping sellers with the mental resilience side of the profession. David, I'm excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. And we'll go ahead and just kind of kick things off with what are you up to these days? Jason, thanks for having me on, man. Um, So what am I up to these days? Well, I lead a team of uh, seven sellers, uh, soon to go to eight. I've got a, a seven-year-old, so between work and taking care of a little one and then being a husband, father, all that good stuff, it's pretty busy. But for the most part, spending a lot of time with my team, helping them hit the milestones they're looking to achieve, and then you know doing some things on the side, you know, working with sellers and leaders to kind of hit their own you know, personal and professional goals. So that's about it, man. It's, the, it's winter here in Texas, so I... I'm not hitting the golf course or the lake as much as I normally like to. So uh, more, more indoor activities. That's right, man. It's cold. Hence the jacket, right? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And in our previous conversations, we talked a little bit about MedPick. And I think kind of a good place to start would be, you know, a, a lot of folks are familiar with Medic and all sorts of different qualifying terms and acronyms like AID, so forth. But maybe just give us like a high level overview. What is MedPick? We'll start at a high level and then we'll drill in. Yeah, man. So... I was introduced to MedPick about seven, wow, yeah, seven, eight years ago. And the year I got introduced to it, I almost 2X'd my goal. So it became something that, you know, I've really evangelized and that's been a big part of my personal learning as well as the things I've taught teams. So what is it? It's not a sales process. It's it's kind of a, I look at it as an enterprise gap analysis checklist. You have Medic and you have MedPick. The big difference is, we're adding a P and an extra C. The P is procurement process, paper process. It's really the understanding that there's a difference between a business process and a legal process in sales. So that's one of the big changes. And the other one is adding in the concept of champions. So building internal stakeholders that will essentially sell for you and give you inside information when you're not necessarily there. So those are the big differences. The letters themselves, N, M is your business case. It's metrics. It's like, what are all those levers that you're going to pull to build a business case for change that is the financial justification for an organization doing something different? E is your economic buyer, ultimate decision maker. Your D is your decision process. What is the business process for making a change? The other D is your decision criteria. Almost think of that as kind of like, what's your wish list? What does the business really want to get out of it? Feature, functionality, things along those lines. P, as I mentioned, is a... The paper process, I identify pain. It's it's just have you figured out the what's keeping people up at night? What's the, the pain they're trying to solve? And then you have their two C's, which are your champions within your your sales process, as well as competition. Have you put competition in the box and you know help people understand the differences between that? Um, and it's also, you know, around status quo. You're the one competitor we always have is status quo. So 
have you really nailed the why change message tied it to a business case and, and things along those lines. So yeah, man, that's, that's MedPick uh, at a high level. Love it. And like you talked about, you know, it's very geared toward the enterprise sale, the complex sale, not necessarily the transactional sale, right? So that was something that you mentioned, kind of the difference between med pick versus medic, which I was quite familiar with, right? It adds that procurement layer and that champion layer, as we both know, the buying committee and the enterprise sale being, you know, three to five champions or decision makers that need to be involved for committee buy. And then also navigating a complex procurement process gives you those two things that maybe other gap analysis might not give you, right? So I, I appreciate that that addition. And with that said, as you know, like a practitioner of MedPick yourself, what tools have you used to accomplish an effective model or, an, you know, kind of rolling out an effective MedPick strategy? Yeah, I've helped a lot of different companies adopt it. I mean, we're talking everything from your sticky notes for like a very low maturity. Like I still will run a, a sticky note process with, with my folks who are like, all right, let's just go through this real quick. Where are our gaps? Takes 10 minutes, something like that. But as you get more mature, you'll, you'll move to Excel. As you get even more mature and go enterprise-wide, you'll, you'll start actually building it into Salesforce or, or whatever your CRM of choice is. And then there's actually organizations, I'm blanking on some of the names, but that will actually do free-form text conversion. So I've actually had some companies that have bought software where if a rep is taking notes, they can put those notes under certain sections of what they're taking and then have it automatically feed the CRM. So you're getting those fields filled out kind of automatically through your own note taking. So those are kind of the that natural evolution of it. To be honest, man, I'm still a fan of the sticky note and just having the conversation. Like that's the big thing. But yeah. I have a stack of sticky notes about this thick oh, yeah. sitting around the house. So me too. I love it. At some point, if you can recall back to this free form text conversion tool, let us know and we can put it in any material following this. Absolutely. Great. Awesome. And then, you know, having rolled out a med pick strategy at many companies, what are some of the challenges that you faced gaining adoption of this model and strategy? Yeah, man. No, great question. In order for med pick or, or really many gap analysis checklists or what have you, you need to kind of have the foundational building blocks behind them. So like, let's just start with the end. Like, do you have your, the levers your business historically pulls mapped out? And then do you know, on average, if I pull that lever and then, you know, say it's recruiting and it's time to fill or it's, you know, sales productivity, what, what are the hours saved or, or, you know, given back? Or if it's, you know, revenue increase, what are those percentages? So it's like you historically know this is a lever I pull. Our solution, when we pull that lever, it impacts the business typically in this way. We have a process to capture that information. We have a process to then distill it down to a executive summary that can then be served back to the client so they can digest it and socialize it internally. So like just the M alone, you can figure out some metrics, but what do you do with them? What do they actually mean? How do you present them back to the customer? How do you get their buy-in on them? How do you make them easy for them to socialize? If you don't have that process laid out, your M is not going to be as effective. Economic buyer, do you have a a process to get to an economic buyer. When in the sales process, do you even reach out to them? When do you engage them? Is your solution relevant for them? You know, how do you get there? What, what's the conversation even look like? Is that something you, you'll leverage your own C-suite to do or you'll do it yourself as a seller? Like all those different things, if you don't have a process for that, you're going to have a frequent gap there 
that leadership is going to potentially beat you up on, but then there's no way to solve for it. So like, as you go through those different letters, and I'm happy to go through the rest, that's the biggest challenge I see with adoption around this is the checklist is great, but do you have all the foundational elements to take them to make the most of it? And that's where a lot of people struggle. Understood. So what stage in the sales cycle are you typically trying to identify the different letters or attributes of MedPick? Like when are we trying to identify M yeah. in the sales cycle, for instance, right? No, I love it. And I can kind of, that's a pretty fast one to go through. So like pain is typically the first one. Like if you haven't identified pain really, really early on, you're going to kind of have a challenge. So like in my first meeting, I'm trying to have my teams figure out pain and figure out decision criteria. So those are like the, the two. Because it's like, what are we building a demo for? What problem are we solving? Why are we solving it? How do they want to solve it? Like, those are some of the, the basic questions. After a, a first meeting, and we're going into the demo phase, if someone leaves the demo saying, this is really interesting, this is something we want to do, then it's, all right, let's map out decision process. Let's map out internal stakeholders, like who, who will be our executive sponsor. At that point, we're kind of also starting to lean into who else are they looking at? So are we starting to differentiate from competitors? We're starting to also try and build out champions. So we're normally looking for a champion that during the demo is kind of really leaning in, nodding their head. And you're like, oh, looks like this will have a good impact for you. Can we schedule a one-off after this? Kind of talk through it and you start to kind of build that, that relationship there. And, and normally the follow-up step, you know, deeper dive around scorecard, which is decision criteria, then meeting with all the individual stakeholders to map back to pain to building some of those champions and things like that. See if we can get an executive for a conversation on big picture strategy for the business and how a solution like this would help. So that's kind of the meeting after. And then once we're starting to get aligned on those things, that's where to me, M starts to come into play. Because in order to build a business case for change, you have to have well-defined pain problems, how they want to solve it. There's often you know, a business case to be made at the executive level, but also maybe even at the functional director VP level, people that are going to be using it because how they see an outcome and it helps their day-to-day -day from a time savings may be different from a big picture revenue perspective. So you're kind of looking at having all those conversations, figure out all those different levers, personal, professional wins, problems you're solving. And then you're working to build a, a big business case that addresses all of those things. And then as you get past that phase, now you're normally more into the decision process piece. Like, okay, you want to buy this? Here's the business case. When do you want it live by? Work backwards timeline to get there. And then around that time, you start going through legal security review paper process. That's when you're going through that piece kind of typically last. So that's where I see all these different things coming into play. Couldn't agree more, right? And starting with pain and decision criteria, right? Without those two, we're going to have a lot of trouble identifying the rest. Right. We're probably not going to have a strong champion. We're probably not going to get to the economic buyer, probably not going to have a very strong business case. So yeah, starting with those foundations and then moving through, right? I think that that maps out very well the, the enterprise sale. So that's, that's awesome. And David, appreciate you sharing with us on the topic. Would you say that there's any book, blog, newsletter, website, video, anything to that effect that you would recommend to our listeners? So I've written quite a bit of blog posts on this. I've done quite a few podcasts. I'm not going to name drop others because I, I want to respect 
the audience for yours. But if you were to Google MedPick, there's quite a few podcasts that I've done on it. Andy White did write a book called Medic, where he does touch on a fair amount of this stuff. You know, great guy, great resource. But yeah, I mean, I, I would absolutely defer to, to Google, defer to my LinkedIn profile. I've done a lot there. And I'm the type of person, like, I just want to help the sales community. And this happens to be an area I'm super passionate about. So if any of your audience wants to just find me on LinkedIn, ping me, I'm happy to have conversations like this to, to help people. Awesome. And do you have any recommendations, maybe three people in B2B tech or have led go-to-market or data science teams that you'd recommend we bring on the show? Yeah, man. So Mike Simmons, really good guy. I think we talked a little bit beforehand around um, like helping technical founders build process. Really good guy there. Yep. Jeff Bajoric is a good friend. He used to run a podcast called Why in the Buy, all about helping you know salespeople find their kind of inner motivation for doing what we do. You've got Scott Ingram, who runs a podcast, Top 1 FM, that's really, really good around distilling the behaviors of the top 1% of salespeople. And he's interviewed a few hundred salespeople and kind of distilled it down to you know, what are those things that make top performers, top performers. So he's always a good one to have conversations with. So those are probably three good ones, but man, there, there's so many out there that you can't go wrong. Love it. And I think you answered this, but how would you prefer people get connected with you after the show? LinkedIn, please. Don't don't call my cell phone, but, but hit me. <laughs> no cold calls. No cold please. calls. Awesome. Well, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoyed having you on the show and I will talk to you soon. Jason, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 